this show is not for the easily offended so if you are easily offended go listen to something else Noisebox. I'm your host, Derek Howard. Noisebox can be found at noisebox.com. The box has two X's in it. And it is a part of the Deliberate Noise Network. You can go to deliberatenoise.com to find links to it and all the shows in the Deliberate Noise Network. Um, and yes, all the shows. I usually say most of the shows because I'm very, whenever we get a new show, I'm very, very slow on updating the main page. Um, there are a bunch of things that I do. I set up the website. Um, usually, I um, help put together a logo if they don't have a logo, um, create album art. Um, uh, the, what's it? The, the, there's banner art for the um, Deliberate Noise website that's different from the album art and different from like the official logo sometimes. So I have to come up with something like that. Uh, usually because uh, iTunes wants 600 by 600. Uh, most other places want 300 by 300 or a bug that's um, 125 by 125. However, the banner that I use on the site is, I believe, uh, 250 by 50. So I usually have to come up with something totally different. Perfect example of that is for the Incredible Hulk cast. Um, I tried to make a banner out of the incredible hulk cast um album art but it just wasn't working so i said screw this i'm going to start from scratch and it's created something totally different you do not care but that's what i go through i do that and then um the <laughs> uh the main page for deliberate noise is written in um it's just a a, a table um i know tables are evil but uh you know tables are evil and you're supposed to go over to css 
but I started off with a, a small table. So I'm just going to, every time I add a new show, I just add a new row and a new um, cell. So why, why mess things up? You know, and plus I know everybody loves CSS, but sometimes it just renders differently in different browsers. So eh, screw it. They'll just do it the way I've been doing it. It seems to work, but because I do it by hand, I always forget. It's just like, oh, all right, let me go do it. And I always get behind and I just don't do it anyway. But now we're all caught up. If you'd like to send feedback, you can send an email to um, Derek at DeliberateNoise.com, and it's D-E-R-E-K. Or you can call the audio comment line at 734-331-0772. Now, that's a new one. The old one we had, which was like something, 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 5919, I believe. That was a Skype number, a Skype-in number, but um, fuck Skype. There you go. And remember, for those of you who've been listening for a while, you know that I've had problems with Skype. You know, um, somebody went in and uh, completely fucked me over. You know, they 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 somehow got in and used my my Skype call out number and put like one hundred and fifty dollars worth of uh, charges on my debit card which went directly to my checking account which overdrew me like three or four checks which at thirty dollars excuse me thirty nine dollars a pop is not fun at all um i got uh whatchamacallit i I put in um fraud i have I, i did a whole show on this um the long and short of it is is that uh Skype would not give me back my money, but they basically gave me the equivalent of store credit. But, you know, if you could use their Skype credit to like, I don't know, maybe buy some of their hardware, like buy like um, the, the headphones or something like that, then sure, I, I would just go for it. I, I would have I would have been pissed, but at least I would have had some headphones, you know, um, or if I could have given a gift certificate to somebody else who I knew used Skype and who could have used the credits. Um, that would have been happy, but they didn't have that. They, they no longer had that because people were abusing it. So I said, all right, you know what? I've got all this Skype credit I cannot use because I don't really send text that much. If I had sent them, I could have sent a bunch of text from Skype. I think maybe I sent three at what twelve dollars, excuse me, twelve dollars, twelve cents a pop. And I was like, eh, screw this. It's taking too long. So I just said, all right. All I'm going to do is renew. And then when I am no longer needing Skype, I I will no longer renew. And so that's what happened. My number has uh, expired. I have a Google Voice number now. So that's what I'm going to use. 734-331-0772. Yeah. Wow, it's five minutes. This is the longest intro I've ever done for no, for noise box. Anyway, um, I found out something really. Oh, by the way, also let me go on before I go into the meat of the matter. Um, I do not know what song open the show with. Um, this is one of those shows that I'm not really putting a whole lot of um prior planning to, and you'll see. You know, it's kind of goes into the subject matter. However, uh, please, if you like this, the music, stop by the website. 
noisebox.com um, so you can see who it is. And I always try to supply a link to the person's official website. Always try. Um, I don't always do it. So if I if you go there and I don't have it, just leave me a comment, uh, get in touch with me, say, hey, Derek, there's no link. And I will instantly, relatively speaking, update it. Um, <laughs> Or if it's a broken link, let me know and I will update the site uh, because that's the least I can do. Well, actually, the least I can do is nothing, but this is a, close to the least I could do is uh, give people some link love, you know. And I don't even know who I'm playing. That's the good part. That's 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 the amazing part of Noisebox. It's always a surprise even to me. Anyway, now, as I was just saying, I don't put a whole lot of um, prior um planning into most of the shows i do you know and i always kind of felt guilty about that especially with shows like uh comic book noise because there'll be times of comic book noise especially where i'll just get in the car fire up the mic and just start talking you know i never really know where it's going to go um dave slusher was listening to one episode and it he said it it kind of took him by surprise because he was listening all of a sudden i had a hey you kids get off my lawn type of moment you know um and the thing is, is, and I remember that episode, I don't remember what it is now, but I remember that I was about to talk about something else, but I was getting too close to work. So I was like, if I get into that, that's going to take a long time. So let me just veer topics. And then I apparently went off on not exactly a tangent, but just in a whole different place. Now for a show that's called comic book noise kind of makes sense. You don't if I'm going, you know, it's just like if I'm listening to a podcast called, you know, Blatherings of a Comic Geek, right? Or Blatherings of a, of a Pop Culture Geek. I'm not going to really expect a whole lot of uh, <laughs> of um, research that's being done. Um, because, hey, I'm expecting for something a little bit more freeform, something that's off the top of the person's head. And that's what I expect people who are listening to comic book noise um expect you know the only show that's slightly different in that regard is uh movie noise because with movie noise i at least at one point tried to give a whole bunch of uh, numbers and facts and figures um but i kind of got away from that because it was making the show take too long to prepare and i really would just rather fire it up and just start talking and that's why I really haven't done a whole lot of uh, movie noises in a while. But, and that also goes back to the meat of this <laughs> subject. Um, anyway, I, f I always felt guilty sort of about that. I mean, not guilty enough to completely stop, but guilty enough that it was always in the back of my head that, man, you know, I'm kind of shortchanging the people. You know, I mean... Even with the review, my reviews are very basic where I don't, I try not to spoil sometimes. So it'll be like um, me talking around it. I'm actually talking to people who have read the book. So I won't I won't come out and say something like there's a book out there called Night and Squire. Um, it's written by Paul Cornell, who's like one of the 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 creative darlings right now. I mean, critics love him. Right. Um as far as I know, he hasn't had a really smash, <laughs> big smash selling book. Um, but that could be because of who they, they stick him on. 
Uh, he was on um, Captain Marvel and MI-13 at one point. Not Captain Marvel, Captain Britain, which, let's face it, that's not going to be a, a top seller because Captain Britain may be near and dear to a lot of people's hearts, but in um, U.S. mainstream comic books, he's not an A-list, B-list. Possibly he's a C-list player, but he's not a, a big name. So the fact that that got canceled doesn't really surprise me. Um, but the critics love him, okay? Comic book critics love him. And he's currently on action comics um but the action comics that he's writing doesn't feature superman it features lex luthor now there is a uh, apparently a, char- a couple of characters created by uh grant morrison who's another critical favorite uh called knight and squire i have no idea who these characters are but i went on one of my very very um few recent trips to the comic book store um i had ordered something that i had to pay for so when i went to pay for it i decided hey let me grab a couple of comic books right and i mean a couple of comic books um comic books are like four dollars a pop all right so i went there to buy a trade and i'm getting um a couple of comic books that actually cost almost as much as the trade that i was getting okay um one of them was Knight and Squire, which looked like a Batman and Robin ripoff. Um, that's why I, why I got it. <clears throat> I think that the whole dynamic duo, uh, but the whole dynamic uh, between Batman and Robin works. All right. I just always have. Um, you have this guy who is extremely confident in his abilities and he can back up that confidence, um, mentoring someone who you can tell he's trying to mold into someone who can be as confident and as capable as he is. Right. And they, he goes, the younger guy goes about it in a totally different way, but it works. And I always like that. Always like that. Um, anyway, uh, there was also another one called superior, which looked like a Superman ripoff, but actually it was more like a captain Marvel, you know, Shazam type ripoff. Kind of. It's really weird. But anyway, if I'm going to talk about Knight and Squire, right, I would talk about it like, you know, um, I really wasn't all that crazy about the writing. I don't see what the guy was about. Maybe this is not the book that I really should go into. Um, There was one character um, who showed up that I don't know why he was there. You know, I do that instead of saying it was set in a bar that where is where heroes and villains can meet um uh the hero wildcat shows up and you know i don't do that i actually talk around it right um so the only real research i actually do when i do a review is to read the book and then try not to talk about it i don't really go into who these characters are where they came from all that kind of stuff there are people who do that and who do it well i'm not one of them i'm off the top type of guy years and years and years ago <clears throat> my grandmother gave me a bunch of papers from my uh, great-grandfather. Um, uh, one of them, one of the packets was about, uh, what was it called? Um, Twelve Sermons by Dr. S.C. Campbell, Dynamo Campbell, if you know anything about, well, let's say the uh, uh Midwest black preachers from the 60s and 70s, and you know Dynamo Campbell, um, who is, the reason he's called Dynamo is because he had a very dynamic speaking um, 
um, manner. <laughs> That's the word I'm looking for. Um, and by that, I mean, yeah, he was just like a dynamic speaker. He was a very forceful speaker. He was a very learned man. I, I didn't even know the amount, of, the, the amount of different colleges that he got degrees from. There's like five or six of them. I mean, he was a very, very accomplished man. Um, <laughs> anyway, I have these, these things, and I'm, I'm expecting for them to be full out. You know, like transcripts of sermons, and they're not. They're typed up, and they're his notes. Okay, and there's somewhere he actually has uh, handwritten notes in it. But you know, I'm still expecting you know, like long passages, you know, stuff he wants to use. But these are kind of like notes for his sermons that I would make for my podcast. You know, on those occasions where I actually do make notes. Um, Oh, there's this one, the one I'm looking at. It's called Power, uh, Ye Shall Receive Power. Um, and it's all about power within the community, you know. Um, and here's, here's this little section. It goes, um, the Black Panthers say, we are power. We terrify and uh, frightened by violence, right? Uh, the new Black Africa says, let's take what we want and set up a government in the five southern states. Um, Christ is standing in the silence and whispers, without me, you can do nothing. I can see him going on. I can see getting probably a good five minutes out of those, right? <laughs> He's, if, if I'm a type of speaker he is, I can see him doing that, right? Um, but at the same time, he has sections that are bullet points that you can I can just I can just feel that he can do it right um oh where is it um are you prepared for the takeover and the taking on of this new job right are you ready for political power that comes from being a voting registered voter uh here is the ballot do you use it let's face it you can get a lot out of those two lines and this is just part of the sermon right um you shall receive political power when you learn how to vote and vote. Before you vote, ask for something and demand something big and much. Um, I love it. And he has like quotes that he wants to use, you know. Um, you shall receive economic power when you invest wisely and spend where your money brings a return. Consumers must become producers. Marching on the highways, says uh, Jay. H. Jackson is fine, but some dirt of your own to stand on is better. Ownership is the key to power in economics. I mean, let's face it. If I was doing a, a speech or a sermon on this stuff, <laughs> these notes would be invaluable. I mean, you could talk for hours on this stuff, right? Every man needs a good brand of religion, uh, a good brand of education, vocation, a vocational and liberal arts, science and all, uh, school, education, or life education, a good place to live, earn, learn, grow, and pray, a good job. Now, he's talking about things people need. A decent life in the community. Have these and you will have power. Black power, according to Floyd McKissick's interpretations, means six things. One, the Negro vote or proper, proper use of the ballot, political power. The Negro spend, excuse me, two, the Negro spending or buying and investments of his money and earnings, economic power. 
Three, the Negro appraisal of himself and appreciation of his color, self-image, and identity. Four, development of Negro leadership, a willingness to take the risk, adequate preparation for competency and competition, mental power. Five, seeing that state, city, and federal laws are enforced by being a loyal citizen, tax receipts, and cooperation with the courts. Six, mobilize the local community residents and organize for a concerted, excuse me, a concentrated effort, unity, and interaction. The capacity and the ability to react and respond appropriately to persons, place, and things. Dynamo Camel. You know, I mean... Now, realize what time this was. This was the the late 60s, early 70s. In fact, this may have been like mid-60s. Now that I stop and think about it, I need to find out when uh, Floyd McKissick's interpretations were written. You know? Uh, ye, you shall receive power when you take the risk or pay the price of preparation for the uses of power. You know? When I just read those little things, I thought to myself... This is not just a sermon, you know, in the hands of some of, of a less dynamic speaker. And by dynamic, I mean, I mean, I mean, dynamic the way, um, let's say, uh, programmers or web programmers especially mean dynamic in that things can change on the fly. Right. If you are a very static speaker, you will go through this in less than a minute. Well, maybe not less than a minute. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I mean, this is this. Okay, I'll be. I, you know, I read that kind of fast. So I'll, let's say five, maybe six minutes. You can read this whole pamphlet. Right. It's um, one, two, three, four, four. And um, looks like it'd be a four and one fifth pages. You can go through that. Right. A dynamic speaker like him and me, because if I didn't enough research and knew exactly what, um, for example, Luke 14, uh, Matthew, excuse me, Luke 414, Matthew uh, 2618, Acts 1-8, Psalm 61-11. If I knew exactly what they mean, you know, Zechariah uh, 4-10, off the top of my head, I could probably do a, a sermon, you know, but he had the failure. I don't remember a whole lot of him because he died in uh, 76, but I do remember a few of his sermons, not what they were about, but I can remember the power and the energy that he brought to him. Right. Um, I would love to be able to bring that sort of power and energy to my podcast. Right. Um, Ruby. This dog always decides she wants to start drinking water right when i'm talking <laughs> anyway um i would love i would love to be able to bring that sort of dynamitism to my podcasts um i think i will start to do more um more note taking like this you know cuz usually my notes consist of the broad topics that i want to talk about and there are times when some of the things that i i, I mean to say get lost in my head you know, because like I did with um, with the uh, with the episode that Dave Slush was talking about, I would just go off onto a, a, a totally different path, not even a tangent, but a whole different path of um, of, of of speaking. Um, but it kind of it just it just blew me away because 
like I said, a normal person would read this and not really understand it. But somebody who goes from bullet points, I know that another another preacher will probably look at this and get it. You know, I don't think a teacher would. I think a teacher would look at this like, wow, this is just a bunch of um, of sentence fragments, you know, incomplete thoughts. Uh, I get it, you know, <laughs> I get it. I, I, this is really, really made me feel good, you know, uh, because I, I, I take a look at this and I know that if he was still alive, he'd be a podcaster, <laughs> you know, well, first off, his sermons would be recorded, but I think that he would also be a podcaster because I remember stories. Um, there, there were times when I would be because, you know, I we I still lived in the neighborhood that he lived in. Um, uh, and I was going I was uh, on safety patrol. And this woman came up to me and she was like, are you Dynamo's son or grandson? I was like, I'm, a, I'm actually his great grandson. And she and she gave me a hug. Said your great grandfather was a great man, you know. And she was proud to have met me, you know. And I was just like, wow, okay, <laughs> you know. I mean, I knew him and I loved him, but I, I guess I didn't know him, you know. Um, now back in in the days where like a dime was money, uh, now a dime is something that falls out of your pocket and you don't even bend over to pick it up. But back in the day when a dime was money, um. He would go up on Woodward, which is like the major street in the Detroit area. Okay. I mean, <laughs> you can say what you want, but Woodward is the street, right? There are other streets. There's Grand River and there are um, uh, Grand River, uh, Jefferson, and Gratiot could also be arguably as big as Woodward, but none of them are as important as Woodward. Historically, I think Woodward was like the first paved street in the United States. Okay. Um I think I gotta remember. I know I know Woodward is something like that. It's like the paving on Woodward is historic. Okay, I mean it's been replaced, obviously, but it 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 is it's, it's historic. But um, it's also there was parts that were um, where they attracted uh, you know prostitutes, and my great grandfather would go up there and he would minister to them. He would talk to them. He would, you know, give them a dime so that they could, like, you know, get off the corner, go home, you know. Probably he wanted them to read the Bible or, you know, just try to get their life on straight. But that's the kind of person he was, you know. He's the type of person who, from all accounts, tried to look out for the little man, you know, who tried to look out for people who could not look out for themselves. You know, it's not like today where you hear these so-called religious people who are basically preaching, you know, take care of yourself and take care of your family, you know, and believe in God and everything will go right. And he was just like, you know, you believe in God first you take care of yourself, you take care of your family, and you take care of your community. You take care of those around you. 
And I think that's something that's really lost. There, there are times when I'm listening to the news, I'm watching the news, and none of it is making sense to me. You know, it's like there's somebody who I know very well, and I'm not going to mention any names, but they are uh, currently going to school. Uh, but they're, they use this person has really weird politics. They're, they're very conservative in some points and very liberal in others. I think that's how most people are. Um, I don't know anybody who's really not a uh, a fiscal conservative. I think we all realize that we need to be more fiscally conservative, especially as a nation. Um, but when people say conservative, they usually get fiscal and social conservative, you know, mixed up. So I know people who are very, um, well, this person is going to school and they they said flat out did i say she earlier anyway it's a she um and she said flat out she's like um we have too high of a deficit we need to cut back and i was like well where would you start and she looked at me point blank and she said well i'll tell you one thing i'm going to school for free you know well because of a government program i should not be going to school for free you know she's unemployed she doesn't have a, a, a degree that just kind of blew me away i'm thinking to myself so you don't get it? <laughs> yeah, the government will pay for you to go to school now. And chances are you will get a a job. You'll get a, a good job. You know, you'll get a higher paying job with a degree than without a degree. And when you get your degree and you get your good job, you're going to be paying taxes. And the taxes that they collect from you will go to them. You know, so they will get some sort of return on their investment. Even if it doesn't go there, you will have more money. You will be able to spend more, right? Therefore, boom, there you go. Once again, you spend, you pay sales tax. And the money that you spend in your different stores and stuff, that will go to help um, keep people employed or, you know, let small businesses expand and employ others, which once again... (laughs) They will be able to pay more in taxes. They will be able to buy more. They will be able to stimulate the economy. So I have absolutely no problem with that, right? Um, But she's also thinking, you know what? We're also in two wars. We need to get rid of them. You know, it's like, okay, that I I can get on board with. In fact, if they take the money that they're spending overseas on wars and, you know, apply that, more of that to the uh, education system, we would not have a problem. You know, I'd say we would get back on solid footing a lot quicker. And, of course, there's, you know, certain regulations that we'd have to put in place for certain large corporations. But that's not going to happen because the corporations own the politicians. (sighs) Corporations own the system. I shouldn't say they own the politicians. They own the entire system. And that's sad, you know, because these... These corporations aren't looking out for anything other than themselves because they are they are you know artificial constructs. They are required by law to try to make as most money as they can, right? And there's nothing that says that they have to take that money and help their communities or the communities that they're in, right? They have no family, so all they do is take care of themselves first and 
they they cannot believe in God. So, you know, that whole thing of first you believe in God, then you take care of yourself, then you take care of your family, then you take care of your community. That goes by the wayside when there's only one thing one thing that you can take care of. So, I don't know. It's just it just seems rather weird to me. But I feel kind of good because I know where I get it from now. But I can take a, a bunch of of sentences and make a show out of them. And like I said, that just makes me feel really good. Anyway, uh, stop by the website, uh, noisebox.com. Box has two X's to get the links to the uh, music that I played on the show. Thank you, and I'll be back soon with another episode.
double. We're gonna be 